0: Now, if you're part of the sermon series last month, then you came to understand very quickly that our salvation is free, bought and paid for by Jesus Christ, but that following Jesus is costly. Well, how do we know that? Because this is what Jesus said. If anyone will come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Salvation is free, but following Jesus is a costly thing. All that we have, all that we are, our hopes and dreams, all of it goes on the altar. We, we give it up, we give it over for the sake of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the gospel. Now, I've had a chance to talk with you, some of you at least, this week. As a matter of fact, this very morning. And God's been doing some things in your hearts and lives, and he's been making you a little bit uncomfortable sitting through and discussing some of these last sermons have been uncomfortable for you. Well, let me, let me be honest with you. They've been uncomfortable to preach because Jesus changes everything. He is that variable in the equation that changes the answer on the end. When I come to acknowledge Jesus as Savior and to follow him as Lord then what I'm saying is I'm setting my will aside and I'm embracing the will of God for my life. I'm not living for me. I'm living for him. And my answer is yes before I even know what he's asking. That is what it means to follow Jesus Christ. It's not I will follow you if I like where you're going. If I like what you're doing. If it doesn't make me too uncomfortable. If it doesn't push me out of my comfort zone. It is I will follow you wherever, whenever, however. Because you are Lord and I am not. And from the moment... You acknowledge Jesus as Savior and Lord. You begin to live an unbalanced life. Now, by unbalanced, I'm not talking mentally here. An unbalanced life, what is an unbalanced life? An unbalanced life is one that is radically skewed, radically tilted toward God and God's kingdom. A life that's no longer in balance, but a, a life that leans dramatically towards God's calling in our lives, God's kingdom. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we come, we ask that you speak to us your truth, that it not be an impassioned plea by a pastor that touches our hearts, but that it be your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I did a Google Internet search for the term balanced life. You can do this if you have a computer, Internet. Balanced life. I got 3,640,000 possible websites in .9 seconds. That's pretty quick. But what it told me was not only that Google is fast, but it also told me that people are looking for something that brings balance, order, sanity, life now on the surface a balanced life sounds really good doesn't it on the surface it sounds so nice that life would be in balance one of the websites had an author who, who put up a pie chart I've cut it out and put it here for you you see here the various pieces of the pie spiritual financial family mental work social physical all evenly divided nicely colored And it doesn't look a thing like my life. My life looks more like... Well, have you ever seen one of those little games that has the marble in the maze and you move it around? Anybody ever seen one of those? Okay. So we got a few people who have seen it. You got one here. What a coincidence. You got one of those, huh? Let me see that thing. Toss it over here. Yeah, there's a little marble in here. Little maze. And the whole point is to try to get the marble to follow the maze without falling off. And in order to do this, you're moving it this way and this way and this way, and that is much more like my life than this, this pie chart. I don't know if it's like yours, but it, it seems like a constant balancing act to get the marble to go where it's supposed to go without falling off the track. And sadly, I think, I think I've lost some of my marbles. I tend to have more than one rolling around there at a time. It's impossible to have a balanced life. And here's the reason. Let me give you two factors. First of all, life itself. How many of you ever had anything just go exactly like you planned it? Very few. they are few and far between. And the second reason that it's impossible to have a balanced life is because of God's call in your life. Life itself throws way too many curveballs and God, God throws a few sliders himself. It keeps life off balance. But I believe that life is meant to be unbalanced. Think about God's call. How it upset the balance of people's lives. Let's think about, well, let's say Abraham. Abraham, going about his own business. God shows up, says, Abraham, I'd like you to uh, take your family and leave your father's home and leave your country and go to a place that I'll show you without me giving you a map. Or, or look, well, let's think about Noah. Noah's minding his own business, going about his, his daily routine, and God shows up and says, Noah, I want you to build a big, big boat. And then we're going to gather up all the animals for the flood that's to come. Or, or we can think about Moses. Now Moses had a lot of turmoil in his life. but he finally got some sanity, some balance in his life. He'd become a shepherd. He was out tending the sheep. He had a family. And God shows up, sets a bush on fire, and says, hey, I need you to go back to Egypt. If we fast forward to the New Testament, here we find Peter and Andrew. Finished today's fishing. They're now out getting the nets out of the water, getting everything set for the end of the day. And Jesus walks by and says, follow me. Or think about Saul, whom we know better as Paul. At that time, Saul was on his way to round up some more of those troublemaking followers of Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself shows up in a blinding light and radically redirects the course of his life. All of these men became completely unbalanced. The flow of their lives shifted radically till it flowed to the heart of God. And my call to you today is to live a radically unbalanced life for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. My call to you is to live an unbalanced christian life because i believe it's exactly what god calls us to now don't get me wrong when i say an unbalanced life i'm not saying spend all your time at work all your time at home all your time at church i'm not saying that at all if we want the definition of what an unbalanced christian life looks like i guess we ought to ask jesus and this is what jesus would say seek first his kingdom and his righteousness Jesus did not say, seek balance in your life. Get it all in balance. No, he said, listen, I'm taking the board and I'm tilting it. Seek first. Seek first. As the primary priority of your life, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and God will take care of the rest. Could the reason be... That the Christian faith has so little impact in the world in which we live be because the Christian faith has so little impact in the lives of those who call themselves Christian. If we're ever to make a difference in the world, we have to be different. Our lives have to be radically skewed. We have to be pointing head first in the direction of the kingdom of God but we become so busy about balancing all the good things in our lives that we all together miss God's call to be out of balance, to be flowing in one way, to be focused in a way that the rest of the world is not focused. You don't deserve a break today. God deserves a break God deserves a people who are wholly committed to him, not trying to balance the pieces of their lives. Because i got to tell you, as soon as you get them in balance, either life or God's going to upset it. And so let's go ahead and begin with the premise that life is not going to be balanced. And if it's going to be unbalanced, which way do I want it tilting? I want, it be, I want it tilted towards Christ. Now, in the book, The Condition of the Church in America, Andy McAdams finds that the churches in America, over 85% are declining or have plateaued in attendance. Think about that. In churches in America, 85% are plateaued or in decline. And of the 15% of the churches that are growing, less than 5% are growing by conversion. of the 15% of churches that are growing in America, less than 5% are growing by conversion. That means most of them are growing either by people moving their membership into a church, in other words, shifting the membership, moving the flock, or by childbirth. And we're working on that. Y'all just keep having babies, that's okay. But what we ought to see, the way God set it up, is that the growth in the church comes from new people coming to Christ. Now, with those stats in mind, I want to show you a little bit of a contrast. Paul and Silas, Paul who was formerly Saul, were out on a missionary journey. And they were sharing Jesus Christ and people were coming to know Jesus They were being set free. The Holy Spirit was showing up in power. And God was doing great things. But not everybody was happy about it. There was a group of Jews who got pretty upset because some of the Jews now were were following Jesus. And they didn't think he was the Messiah. And so they ended up dragging, uh, they didn't get Paul and Silas, but they ended up dragging other believers into court. And here's the accusation that was made. In Acts chapter 17, these men who've caused trouble all over the world have now come here. And I love the way the ESV puts it. These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Folks, would you like to be part of a Jesus movement that turned the world upside down? Are we willing to rock the boat And to rock the world? Or are we content to live balanced, ripple-free lives? Do we dare have a life that is dramatically and drastically skewed in the direction of the kingdom of God? Or are we more interested in level level ground and trouble-free? This morning, I want to take just a few minutes to pull the curtain back and I want you to see the unvarnished heart of a man who was radically unbalanced, whose heart began to beat for the heart of God and who had a desperate passion to share the love of Jesus with those who had no hope apart from him. If you have your Bibles, I want to ask you to open to Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to put it up here on the screen. This, I told you it was a two-part message, it's true. The second part's going to deal more with the text itself, and that's going to be next week. But I want to, I want to share this with you today, and here's your homework assignment. You've got got the notes, so you've got it already printed for you. Just stick it in your Bible. And this is what I want to ask each of you to do this week. It won't take long, but I think it's important. I'm going to ask that each of you take this passage from Philippians 3 and that you read it reflectively and prayerfully every day this week so that you come as prepared as I am next Sunday To hear what God has to say through it, that you would read this passage every day. It won't take long, but I promise you that God's going to find ways to slow you down. There's some speed bumps in here, some things that will cause you to pause and to reflect. And I want to ask that you do that in preparation for next week. Preparing your heart to hear what God has to say. But this morning, I just want to share the passage with you. And I want you to hear and to feel the heartbeat of the Apostle Paul as he writes these words to the church at Philippi. He says this But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not have a right, having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. I want to ask you a very simple question this morning. Does it sound like the Apostle Paul was pursuing a balanced life? Not at all. Here's a man who's totally sold out to Jesus, his Savior, and to the mission of God In his life, here is a man whose heart flows like a swollen river to the heart of God. Here is a man who's consumed with a burning passion for the glory of God and the souls of men. And I read this and say, God, I want to be that man. And I want you to be that kind of person too. Because i got to tell you, we can come to church and we can sing songs. And we can go to our Bible studies and our grace groups. And we can read all the right books and pray all the right prayers. But until our lives are radically skewed and unbalanced in the direction of the kingdom of God, until God so radically twists the board of our lives so that all flows towards his kingdom we will never ever ever make a dent in the mission of God in this world I am so convinced of myself that I have so many things that I want on my plate and completely in balance That when life comes along and twists it, that I become angry and frustrated. And when God comes along and says no this way, then I become discouraged and defeated. And I no longer want to be that man. And if we're going to change this world, and folks, we're called to change the world. If we're going to change this world, then we're never going to do it play in church. We will only do it when our lives and our mission and our will align with God's. And we can say with Jesus, not my will, but yours be done.